Bush and Richie go cruising. Hello, sailor. We're cruising with Bush and Richie. Uh, there is so much I'm going to miss uh, about this week when it is over and uh, we are back home next week. Uh, but one of the particular things that I would love to take back with me is the turning down service uh, that we get here on the ship. I've, ne- I've never had a turn down before and we've had daily turn downs. It's been an amazing thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's been fantastic. You get turned down in the morning, you get turned down in the evening, uh, you get up, you head down for breakfast, you come back, your room is now no longer a bedroom it's just a room it's got the sofa you can sit there and watch telly go out on your veranda and then we go go down for dinner in the evening you come back and your room is ready for bed it's no longer a lounging area it's ready for bed it's ready for a good night's sleep and not only that as well and i don't know how they do it and we've still got you know a few days to go so let's see how it pans out but they change your your towel on your bed into a different sea creature each time yes yes it was a squid yeah yesterday it's incredible i don't know there's that many different animals just have to see how they get on. Not just that as well. Certainly on Rocco's little uh, bed, which is the sofa that then gets turned into the bed, all his little cuddly toys that he's brought with him, they're always put to bed as well by the time we get back from dinner. That's so nice. That's I love it. the extra yard, isn't it? But I tell you, I can tell you without a hesitation that at home this will not be happening. <laughs> I know there's no one magical coming in to do that, and I know that because of that, it won't quite simply be done. If there was just the chance to have somebody magically like this Disney magic come into your house once a day and perform just one task. What do you think it might be? I've got I've got two two things I'd like them to do. You can only do one. They can only do one. Well, okay. Well, it's it, it's it's kind of a toss up between uh, either someone hanging wet washing up on a clothes horse, which I absolutely hate. Yeah. Worst job in the world, yep. especially when if you've got like a baby like we have, little baby socks falling off all the time when you put them on, <laughs> or. And this is a lot less maintenance, but I just love someone to come in once a day and just put the TV remote from wherever it's been stuffed and hidden just back on the centre of the coffee table. <laughs> that is actually the most useful thing. That's all I want. Great suggestion from Carl. Could be a pricey one. Uh, Morgan Freeman to come and sit on the end of my bed every night and read me a bedtime story. Imagine going off to sleep as someone says, the first time I met Andy Dufresne. <laughs> I've never done a Morgan Freeman impression before, but I thought, since we're in international waters, now's the time to do, you do know it. What? I think that one landed. Was it all right? It was very good. I slightly adjusted my foot in before I did it, like, you know, when you get on an escalator. Um, Coffee Monster says, someone doing the bins. Now, I, I don't know, you're very proud of your bin, um, bin hygiene. I'm very good at it. I, I, I'm not so good at it, so I, I think I would like that as well, but I don't know whether you would allow someone, would you outsource your bins? If you if you just allowed me to have the possession of your phone for 30 seconds, I could set you up a weekly reminder. You really don't have someone to do this. <laughs> Believe you me, you do not want to look through my phone. Shiver me timbers. We're cruising with Bush and Richie. It's time to talk about the aqueduct. Uh, we talked about it a lot on yesterday's show. It's the flume, uh, a huge flume, transparent flume with disco lights around the outside of it that snakes its way around the ship uh, you hear it like hissing with water and then every so often someone goes past you screaming <laughs> and you think they're going to be okay and then they immediately get off and want to get back on again so that's kind of <laughs> the measure of the thing uh, and, and I, I had a bit of trepidation about it we talked about it on yesterday's show Richie did a test ride and was, was egging me on to have a go on it I was worried because it kind of looks like the uh, the Death Star trench run uh, in Star Wars. <laughs> right, okay. So uh, I, I was a little bit petrified of it, but I, I'm pleased to say, and this, and this has been the kind of theme for this week with me getting into dancing on yesterday's oh. show, if you remember, um, I feel like I'm breaking down uh, bush boundaries here and I'm facing my fears and I went and had a go on it. Well done you in Thank your you. mid-40s doing a flume. Uh, let's <laughs> yeah. have a listen to how you got on. We sent him down with a GoPro. Uh, excuse the audio, but hey, still be impressed by the audio. It's a microphone inside a flume. What else are you wanting? 
It's gone dark, it's gone dark, it's gone dark. Uh, we are now going around the outside of the boat. I've seen my life flash before my eyes. We're going down the other side. This is nice and it's quite chill. But I was uh, a little bit scared. We're going around left, we're going right. Woohoo! I feel alive, guys, I feel alive. So embarrassing. Listen, listen to me there. I wouldn't be embarrassed by that. I, you were very descriptive. I, you talked a lot more than I seem to remember. I did. It's weird, isn't it? I get, you know, I, I was petrified, but I just started describing what was going on. <laughs> what the hell is that all about? I'm doing my memoirs. <laughs> the weird thing was, uh, this is the worst bit. My my 13 year old Erin uh, was waiting at the bottom of it for me to come out, and has taken an awful photo. You know, like teenagers <laughs> love taking awful photos of you. <laughs> so there's this photo of me with no chin. I look like Gail Tilsley. <laughs> From Coronation Street, she sends it to me every hour on my phone. So, um, yeah, so it's brilliant though. And I, I, I have to say, immediately after that, went back on two or three more times. But uh, uh, you were the pro, Rich. You'd been on it before me. Yeah, love it. And, and on the way next, we can hear what happened when you had a little go on your own. So you heard Michael Palin earlier on going down the old aqueduct <laughs> doing his uh, tale of around the world, all his narration. Day 13, took another left hand turn. Much sharper than the last one. <laughs> Michael Palin just became Alan. Bennett, Bennett, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> One for the kids. Uh, let's have a listen. Um, I went down as well. Obviously, I, I, I love the aqueduct. I cajoled you into going into it. I loved it. Can I just say, before yep. everyone hears this, this is not what I expected to come out of you when you were going down that flume. Oh, hey! What's going on there? Can I just say, what is going can on I just say, in my defence, all right, you went down like driving Miss Daisy, some slow little kind of thing. I have more timber. Gravity goes down quicker. So it's a more exhilarating ride uh, when I'm at the helm. Can I just say as well, I was, I was at the bottom when you came out, and just before you did actually come out, yeah. there was four or five seconds where all the water stopped. <laughs> And don't take that the wrong way. No, that's 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 called physics. Um, I wanted to get you to come down with me together, and we did do that. Now, unfortunately, when when the two of us go down together, there is no longer room for the GoPro. So, sadly, or possibly a, a, good, thing, it's a good thing, there is no audio of it. Tragically for uh, for Bush and myself, there is a picture of it that you can see on the Absolute Radio socials. It is not flattering for either of us. I have got my legs wrapped round Bush's neck, yeah. uh, which is the following the safety instructions of the whole thing, <laughs> and we are both lying at around about 75 degrees. It doesn't look good for either of us, but you'll want to search it out on your socials. Have a little look at Absolute Radio right now for, for all the video footage, because it's fantastic. Uh, but let's just say, in terms of us riding together, we've not had eye contact since. <laughs> Captain Firth and Abel Seaman Bush. We're cruising with Bush and Ritchie. There are actually home-time listeners on the ship as we speak. How Ooh. do I know that? That's because one of them introduced themselves to me this afternoon. Uh, now, I'd like to think I'm a polite person, I'm not rude, but because I've got a terrible memory, I cannot remember the name of this lady that came and tapped on my shoulder uh, when I was lying <laughs> in the funnel pool earlier on uh, this afternoon before the show. Picture the scene, uh, orange swimming shorts, very like David Hasselhoff. Yeah. That's kind of where the similarity ends, because I had the gut out. Uh, <laughs> Great. And then there was a tap on the shoulder, and this, this very polite voice goes, Oh, hello, excuse me, are you Richie? I turned around and I thought, oh, this, this could be one of the many staff that uh, mysteriously know your name. And it's, it's, it's wonderfully uh, professional, but I, I, I can never work out how they know your name. But it wasn't. 
it was this listener. And she went, oh, my name is, insert name here, yeah. couldn't remember. Yeah. From, from St Albans, I remember that remember much. That bit. Um, but, <laughs> but then we chatted for a little bit and then as she left, I thought to myself, oh, the way I look right now with these these horrible, like, King Kong hairy pits <laughs> and this this gut and the, 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 the sun on the face, that is really not how I wanted to introduce myself to Stranger. I'm getting um, tranquilised gorilla vibes, you know, in the, on a vet show. Um <laughs> Well, listen, we're, we're here. Yeah. Um, let's put it out there at Absolute Radio on Twitter because, you know, she's she's come over to speak to you. Which was lovely. Which is lovely. And I don't mind that. Get, if, if that was you on this on this ship at Absolute Radio, we'll put that right on tomorrow's show. We'll give you a shout-out. Shiver me timbers. We're cruising with Bush and Richie. Can I just tell you the most magical thing happened uh, this morning when I was tucking into my third consecutive Mickey waffle, okay? <laughs> uh, look to my left as I was filling my face. Uh, and it turned out that three dolphins were swimming along the side of the ship on the, on the port side. And it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and they were just kind of like, I don't know, emerging from the sea and then dipping back into the Mediterranean and then glistening in this kind of silver and then dipping back down. And more and more people uh, um, in Cabanas, the, the, the restaurant, realised that what was happening. So a bit of a crowd happened uh, to kind of form on that left window because the big windows around the sides uh, where you're eating, which is amazing, you know, for sitting there having food and watching the sunset or sunrise or whatever. Uh, and it was it was unbelievable. But as I was watching these dolphins, I was thinking... What do you like normally if you're going on a normal package holiday in, in Greece or, or Turkey or Spain or whatever, when you're eating, you've got loads of cats coming up to you. Is that the equivalent <laughs> of like, when you're on a cruise, it's dolphins begging for food? So don't give them any bread rolls. You just encourage them. Try and take one home. But um, it got me thinking as well, though, right? I, I don't think I've seen any kind of exotic animals in their natural habitat. I, I mean, I've seen loads of animals because I live near South End Aquarium. Yeah. But I've never seen an animal in in the wild like that. So just like cards on the table, this this second hour of home time this evening from the Disney Dream, what is the most amazing animal you've seen in the wild? That's a really good point because like, I I can think of animals that I've seen, but they've generally been in some kind of safari park yeah. or, or that kind of stuff. So I think in the wild, I'm going back to the late nineties, Kefalonia and a goat. A goat was the most exotic thing you've seen in the wild. I honestly do think so. It was on a uh, on a Greek hillside, really, and it was a goat, and, and like there wasn't a farm in sight. It was just a just a Greek goat. There are, and they are. We've talked about this on the show before, but they're horrible things, goats, aren't they? I know you don't. like I don't goats. like goats. There's something of the devil about them. <laughs> There really is. Is it the horns? It might be the horns and the, and them eyes. Okay, right. And the fact that they're literally anything. Yes. Um, for me, before Dolphin was literally that badger. That Remember that badger that turned up during lockdown? <laughs> I do. A badger and a goat. We're doing well. Uh, if you've seen something unusual... Now I know why the dolphin was such a big thing <laughs> it for was, you It was. It's actually huge. You can't get over it. Michael Brennan has tweeted, similar to yourself, uh, well, yours was a dolphin. Actually, it's not similar at all. It's near water, though. That's why it's similar. That works. My wife and I... Uh, he says, very formal tweet this, uh, saw a flying fish when we were on holiday last year. We also saw a swan with some stingray. Has he typed that wrong or has it swam with stingray? I don't think swans They don't hang out. <laughs> they don't get on with each other. <laughs> stingray in the Thames. Just turning up together. I've read that I, really badly. Sorry, Michael. I, um, I don't think flying fish is an actual real thing. I think they are. I think he's made it up. No, they can't. They can't well, he's got a picture there. Look. Fish with wings. This works well on the radio, doesn't it? Look, that, that's a flying fish. No, it's just a couple of dolphins. Is it? I don't know if that's flying fish. Well, he's going mate. on about swimming with the stingrays in the Thames, so I don't know what's going on here. I think he's pulling our legs. Michael's trying to ruin this particular topic. Uh, Megan has got in touch. She says, my favourite was the Coty in Costa Rica. And it looks like a, a, a massive gibbon, but with a pair of trousers on. 
<laughs> so we're getting some weird animals on this. Carol Ann says, Seychelles, 2000, driving along when a local ran out shouting at us to stop. We were alarmed, but then realised they were telling us that a turtle was laying its eggs on the beach a few, year, a few yards away and wanted us to witness it. Sadly, oh. pre-digital cameras, so no photos and no evidence. But that's still good, though. It's, it's, in, good. Your, it's in your memory. It's an amazing thing. Uh, Marky has just tweeted us to say that he had flying fish next to him whilst he was on a jet ski. It was really cool, so... Is that it, an apology? Oh, I, I think it might be. I might have to come back down off the whole <laughs> the flying fish are made up because Marky's jet skied with them. What about that Kobe with trousers on now, though? I think that is still a cartoon <laughs> right, character. Okay. Well, look, the one thing that is real is the dolphins on the side of the ship this morning. If you want to see Bush's video, you can. It's up on the Absolute Radio Twitter right now. Bush and Richie go cruising. Hello, sailor. We're cruising with Bush and Richie. Uh, time for more of our adventures on the ship. We took a trip to the brilliant Vanellope's, uh, named after Vanellope Van Schweet from Wreck-It Ralph. It's this unbelievable sweet shop stocked with stuff that can only be possible in your dreams. And we got to have a little explore around it. Listen to this. I know we're going to nail this. Uh, I've got a feeling I'm going to do an even better one than you. Not that it's a competition, but... Uh, forbid. <laughs> you know I make everything you do. into a competition. Yeah. But I have got a notoriously sweet tooth. You've said that you are savoury, but I think even you are going to find your sweet tooth here, my friend. We are surrounded by the most amazing things, and we have a brilliant assistant to help us. Nuja, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Any tips before we get choosing? What do you think is the best flavours? Oh, for me, from over here, I would love the brownie batter. It's Ooh. really good. From the ice cream, if from gelato, I would love this one, the red velvet. It's so good as well. Good intel. All right, well, Richie, since you've been giving it the big I am, you can go first <laughs> with your creation. That doesn't sound like me. Uh, all right, uh, could I please have base of unicorn vanilla gelato, please? Unicorns taste fantastic. And uh, you've got a topping to come with this as well, right, in a minute? Yeah, 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 I believe Pink so, toppings. yeah. Some beautiful colours in there, isn't it? This is going to be all about colour, so can I have some unicorn sprinkles, please? Thank nice you choice. very much. Try the fish eggs. Fish eggs? It looks a bit like fish eggs at the back. No, I'll be all right, thank you very much. Yeah, could I have uh, the uh, white chocolate Vanellope logo, please? Thank you very much. Nice. set that off nicely. A company man right to the end beautiful. with a bit of branding. Beautiful. Right then, over to me. Thank you very much, Nujit. Let's, let's go with a much underused flavour. Big in the 80s, not such a hit anymore now. Let's go pistachio. pistachio. You really want to do that? I'm, gonna, I'm going pistachio. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create something that's very classic. Everything that's here and you've gone pistachio. I just don't think it gets used enough. And look at the amazing colour of it. And, I, and I've got an idea now. A little dash of colour with the pistachio. I would like, if possible, a couple of cherries. And then I've had my eye on this right away since we got in here. All those green things at the back. It will be bursting on your mouth. It will be bursting on my mouth. That sounds fantastic. Some green apple popping stuff on it as well. He loves Thank you so a much. popping pearl, he does. I love a popping pearl. Whoa, look at that. Okay. <laughs> Nuji, if you had to pick one, if you had to pick one out of the two, which would you go for? It's why we go for. Unicorn. Oh, oh, it was always going to be. Luju, I thought we were friends. <laughs> um, feel free if you wish to rebrand this one, the Sparkling Richie. <laughs> nah, it's not going to happen. Okay, no, not going to happen. Right, cool. Glad that I won the ice cream challenge uh, earlier on in Vanellope's. Well, I think I think Nuja was just being polite. I don't think so. I think she was uh, reflecting people's general opinion of pistachio. Uh, thanks for the trip back to the eighties, though. Do you know what? Can I just say? I honestly think. And this is this has been this has been going around in my head since we did the the ice cream task. 
I think I've created something there that you may see me on Dragon's Den within a year. <laughs> uh, pistachio, glacier cherries, and then those little apple bursts. It's a, it's a flavour that, yeah, it is from, from a, a previous year, but it's time for a comeback. I'm regretting the name that I came up with for my winning ice cream, the Sparkling Richie. <laughs> so lame. I, it was terrible, <laughs> awful. I mean, this, this was an ice cream made out of unicorns. Yeah. Um, the- I, I think rename it right now if I can. Well, you, we'll you, have to you, go and tell Nuja. Unicorn, it makes sense. Oh, is that what you're going to go for? <laughs> Don't show your face back in Vanellope's again. Nuja will be so disappointed. It's Bush and Richie testing the boundaries of the all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet. We're on the Disney Dream and we are joined by the director of the theatre here. It's Craig. Craig, how are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? We're good. It's perfect day out here on the ocean. Nice and calm. Sunny skies. Great day for some entertainment. It's a great day for entertainment and we're going to leave these sunny skies and we are very, very excited tonight to come into the Walt Disney Theatre and see a show that, well, I mean, you're you're responsible for so many as the theatre director. Uh, But we're going to see tonight Beauty and the Beast. We cannot wait. I think there's a lot of people on the ship that are just as excited as you are, myself included. I've seen it many times. But um, it still moves, it still excites, it still thrills. And, and do you get really nervous you know, before the debut of a performance like this? Because obviously everyone's got an idea in their head of what it should be like, and etc. Do you, do you worry about that ahead of the opening night? We do. We spend, a, we spend a good deal of time actually preparing the performers in Toronto, Canada. That's where our rehearsal facility is. And uh, we, we're actually right at this moment, um, just before I came to you, rehearsing with a cast who has just arrived on the ship. So we have two casts on board currently. Um, um, the cast that are performing and the cast that are about to take over. So um, we've spent a lot of time working very hard, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of technology. I, I, don't, I think it's pretty unrivaled in the cruise industry. When you see the show this evening, that you'll see a great deal of moving lists, moving columns, video walls, an awful lot uh, to get through from a technical perspective. And so... Um, Yes, I grip the arms of my seats during opening show, um, but um, it always, you know, it makes it more th- thrilling when it's successful at the end. For those people listening who have never been on a Disney cruise ship, uh, but may have seen a show in the West End or at their local theatre or that kind of uh, that kind of thing, give us an idea about the size of the the Walt Disney Theatre uh, that is here on the ship. Uh, the theatre is actually comparable to a West End or a Broadway theatre. In fact, uh, it's larger than some. Um, it is absolutely as capable. Um, and when you think about the fact that we have multiple entertainment offerings in this venue, our team of technicians is having to change out these shows each evening. So it is an incredibly busy place, incredibly flexible space also. Our kids are very, very excited to see it, as are we. Uh, the thing that's amazing about it is that it's, it's an hour and ten minutes, so it's not one of those shows that goes on for a long time because you know kids lose their attention span and all that kind of thing. That's obviously a conscious thing from you guys, right? It is, absolutely. We, we try and keep our shows in the Walt Disney Theatre somewhere around the hour mark, so Beauty and the Beast has actually given some leeway to go a little longer. Um, and I think you'll see what there's not a moment lost. There isn't a line that's wasted. Um, it holds everybody's attention. For me, I know when I'm describing the show to people who haven't seen it, the wonderful thing about it is it appeals to the first-time theatre-goer just as much as it does the uh, seasoned theatre-goer. It, it is, yeah, it, 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 it is so... It's a spectacle, but it has great integrity from a, from a book standpoint, from a musical standpoint, from a design standpoint, that I think that's why it is as successful and as loved as it is, because it hits every demographic. 
Uh, Craig, I'm, I'm not so versed uh, in the theatrical world. Uh, we're more sort of uh, audio impresarios. Okay. Um, I don't know whether you cast uh, as well as by, by being the theatrical director. I'm going to put you on the, on the hot spot right now. Yes. Beauty and the Beast tonight. Yes. If you were to cast one of us as the beauty and one as the beast, <laughs> which way rounds would you go? Choose carefully, Craig. I will choose carefully, but I will preface by saying that at the end, not giving away. I think we all know the story. I think we do. They're both very beautiful on stage at the end, so uh, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go just for height's sake here, and I will say that you'll be my beast. What? You'll be my beauty. <laughs> oh, Craig, thank you so much. <laughs> That's not how I thought I was going to pan out. <laughs> Craig, it's a shame you ruined it at the end, but lovely to speak to you. <laughs> thank you so much. Enjoy the show. As you'll have heard from us so many times already this week, no shortage of stuff to be doing. Activities here on the ship for families. Uh, and one that we did earlier was, it's called the Midship Detective Agency. A chance for the kids uh, to head all around the ship, all around the different decks. And there's over 12 of them, uh, different ends of it. I mean, read into this if you wish. It's a good chance to wear the kids out. Yes. Uh, we did this family versus family, uh, to try and find the lost puppies that escaped. There was very much a 101 Dalmatians feel to it. Let's see how we got on. OK, off to a slow start. It's not her fault, but obviously we've got to push Stella around. She's one and a half, so she is slowing us down a little bit, uh, and the Firths are ahead. If Stella does slow us down too much, we might have to leave her with a member of staff. Right, guys, 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 look. OK, tortoise and hare, there's been too much rushing about, OK? Um, I've got doubts I can't go faster. <laughs> right, we need to run quicker, yeah? Yeah. Go, go, go. Okay, Rocco, what was the name of that puppy that we found? Can you remember? Yeah, it was Penny. Now, is there another clue on this landing? What about over here? Hmm. Have you got your case card? Yeah. Okay. okay, stand on that spot and unlock this next clue. Uh, board games, you generally stay in one spot and have a beer. Whereas this is, uh, this is, this is fine, but this is a lot of running up and down uh, stairs, etc., which is fine. I'm a little bit out of breath. Are you out of breath? Yeah, I'm very out, very out of breath. Quite out of breath. But also, again, I don't want to keep throwing Stella under the bus. She's quite heavy and I'm pushing around in the buggy as well. So, And I'm carrying everyone else's bags like a donkey. Right, so we found Lucky and Pepper. Rocco, over here. Come on. Oh, bum, they've found a clue. OK, uh, as far as I can tell, we've rescued three sets of puppies. Uh, we've just blocked the Firth family trying to get to a picture as well. So uh, it's going good. Dust off the window with your badge because there'll be a clue underneath it, all right? We found another puppy. Found another puppy. You found more of our puppies. This means we're on the right path to catching the villain. Great news. Finding the rest of the puppies. You've got the good one. The big clue is that the main suspect has got a moustache, which narrows it down to Jafar, Captain Hook, or Dr. Falsilier. The doctor, it says, last known crime, turning a prince into a frog, or... I think it's the, it's the doctor, isn't it? I think we need another clue. Do we need more clues? I don't know if we do need more clues. I, th I think CPS has said they're willing to prosecute. CPS are willing to take it to a trial. Daddy? Yeah? Um, it was actually Captain Hook that had that um, uh, gold coin, so it must be him because he's being very naughty right now and all of the bad guys. We need to stop them. Right, so we thought we had solved it, but we haven't. <laughs> yeah, we, we thought we were about to make an, uh, an arrest. Uh, and then it turns out there's still more puppies to find and more clues to get. But I believe we're at the, the uh, crescendo of hopefully finding out who the culprit is. Uh, the, the problem is uh, we, we don't know who won. 
because uh, it turned out, as we found out as we were doing it, every individual case that you do has a different culprit. Otherwise, yes. the kids could go around the boat telling other kids and then you wouldn't be able to do anything. Not for the first time that Bush and I have been <laughs> out-teched on this ship. But there's us thinking we can compete against each other um, and we'll find out who's the winner. But yeah. it is so clever that every different person that picks up a card, there's a different answer to it. Why would you want to ruin the surprise for others? I, know, I mean, I'm a bit mortified because I've got we've got police in the family, the Bush family, so, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, so I feel like I've let them down. Um, who did you have down as, as the culprit? Just, you know, out of interest comparing notes. That scoundrel Captain Hook. Well, my, my scoundrel was Dr Vassilier. I, I, I had him banged to rights. No, we ruled him out the first stage. He ain't anywhere near it, mate. Well, Captain Hook um, was in a service station on the M5, so I know that wasn't him. <laughs> so, as you can see, inconclusive. Let's call it a draw. But I tell you what, we're going to go back down there because it was so much fun and do it again before we leave. Bush and Richie go cruising. Hello, sailor. We're cruising with Bush and Richie. Uh, it's been a real heartwarming week being on this cruise because mainly just seeing the kids' faces light up when they've got to do so many brilliant things. And we had a real moment like that earlier on today when my uh, middle daughter, Thea, got to meet her hero from a movie, her favourite movie, Little Mermaids. She met Ariel. Ah, oh, sweet. Absolutely amazing. And they, and they do this thing on the ship where the characters come out and then you, you, you can get your photograph taken with them. And it means so much to the kids. And it's a beautiful photo that we will cherish forever. And she absolutely loves it and has been talking about it all day. And Ariel was asking Thea about her cat T-shirt and saying they've got catfish in the sea where she oh. lives. Incredibly sweet. But I couldn't help thinking on the way back to our room after that, thinking, like, who's the most famous person I'd met idol-wise when I was Thea's age? And do you know who it was? <laughs> Peter Shilton at Exeter Airport. <laughs> Just a little bit different about how things then were then and how things are now. Kids don't realise how lucky they are. I can remember seeing Kenny Dalgleish uh, when I was around about 12 uh, and Liverpool were playing <laughs> Arsenal. Uh, and for some reason he was banned from the touchline so was sat in the stands yeah. and I went up and asked for an autograph at half time did he give you one? no he said no you can't Sonny we're going to have a pat on the head like this <laughs> pat me on the head and I had to go and shuffle back to my seat that's no aerial moment is it? great memories such great memories